Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in the field of laboratory medicine and pathology. Hi, Bill, how are you this week? I'm doing well, Bobby, how are you? Good, I just got back from our big society meeting, ASM Micro, which was in Washington, DC. That was exciting. As you can imagine, everyone was talking about monkeypox and SARS coronavirus and everything else going on in the world, plus antimicrobial resistance. And I even got to talk about parasites, which was kind of fun. Wow, yes. <laughs> It's funny uh, or ironic or however you look at it, but infectious diseases are still, and testing are still both very hot topics here, not just for healthcare, but in the country. You know, it's funny, I was busy with monkeypox myself last week as a chair of the American Clinical Laboratory Association Board of Directors. I was part of a call with high-level people from the CDC and from the FDA and also Dr. Punjabi, who is now the head of the White House Task Force on Pandemic Preparedness, which I think is a more permanent position. And of course, it was put in place for COVID, but to talk about monkeypox testing and getting the CDC test out to some other laboratories because of concern around monkeypox. Yeah, and, and you probably know that we're going to be working on having monkeypox testing shortly, a PCR test. And the spe uh, specifications are that we want a dry swab, that's the CDC's recommending, and we would perform testing probably for all orthopox viruses, and then final confirmation would still occur at the CDC. But um, for labs that are going to offer this, and there are many across the U.S. that will probably start offering this, it will provide that rapid confirmation. Because right now, we're still about less than 50 cases that have been officially reported as of a few days ago on the CDC's website, but it's probably more than that. It's yeah. just that we're not widely testing. And because this monkeypox is presenting a little differently than classic monkeypox, people are presenting with maybe just a few lesions, not lesions all over their body. And some yeah. of them aren't having that typical prodrome of a febrile illness with lymphadenopathy either. They just have some lesions and may not feel all that great. So it is kind of interesting, you know, once testing picks up, we'll see what the cases do then. Yeah, well, it's, it's, there's a couple of things that are interesting in this particular outbreak. Going forward, the conversations that we had with ACLA, again, and leaders from the agencies and from the White House, was about getting the CDC test kits out to certain laboratories so that more testing could be performed and to support public health laboratories. And I think that, the, and also in the CDC and the public health labs, they are working on automation of the extraction. Right now, uh, the, the FDA approved test has manual extraction. So it was important to have Jeff Schur and Tim Stelzel from the FDA there talking about what they were doing for approval for the test. They are going to open up to LD laboratory developed tests, as you said, but they're still going to have to go through FDA. So what they're thinking is there. Essentially, what they're trying to do is take some lessons learned from COVID and the struggles we had in the early days of COVID to get testing outside of the public health laboratories because of the overwhelming demand and trying to use that and hopefully develop a playbook so that if there is public and private partnership needed to 
a scale up testing in response to a potential pathogen outbreak, infectious disease outbreak, that there'll be like a process in place. So that's one of the things that the whole monkeypox outbreak is really catalyzing or pushing to the forefront. And as you said, the cases are low. Right now, I think the CDC said they could have up in public health labs have upwards of 60,000 tests a week or something like that, which seems like a lot. But the concern, as you said, is that it does appear to be an unusual presentation. In some instances, again, mimicking a sexually transmitted infection in terms of close contact and in that part of the body and so related with that activity. So the thought is that we might need a lot of testing just to really identify cases so that we can eradicate it and make sure it doesn't become established. So again, it just shows the importance of testing. You know, we thought about COVID, of course, and, and it won't, none of us will forget it, but the reality is that testing for these pathogens is such an important part of containing the spread of infectious diseases across the globe. So, and here we have vaccines as well that can be distributed. It's just interesting to me that this whole topic has come up yet again and has such a high level of attention. Yeah, it brings a couple things to mind for me. As you said, first of all, the importance of testing cannot be overstated. You have to keep saying that testing is so important for recognizing cases, controlling the outbreak, isolating infected individuals so that we can control this and hopefully get it under control so it doesn't become endemic. But also this public-private partnership is so essential. Our public health labs do a wonderful job in their assigned duties and and what they take on, but they're not designed to be high volume testing labs for the most part. And so they would struggle to do the types of testing that we could do every day in some of our large academic medical centers here at Mayo Clinic. I remember back in the 2009 H1N1, which seems like ages and ages ago, you know, we could do 200 tests an hour, but we didn't have reagents. And our our public health lab was struggling to do 200 tests over the weekend. And it's just the scale is so different between what we could have done, but didn't have the resources. Now this, that was 2009. Here we are 2022. We've learned from COVID being an eternal optimist. Maybe this is the, you know, one of the positive things that came out of that is we're going to be learning from that and taking it forward. And maybe it's good that we're getting tested with a lower volume outbreak like monkeypox right now that we're not thrown right into another outbreak. But we also know that they are still predicting that every three to five years, there's going to be more outbreaks, either of novel pathogens or re-emerging like monkeypox. Yeah. Yeah, Been around, just not here before. Yeah, one extent. of the comments that was made by Dr. Punjabi is that is the thought that we are entering the age of pandemics. You know that there's a 50% likelihood that there'll be an outbreak as bad or worse than COVID within the next 25 years, as a for instance. So, more for us to talk about, and mm-hmm. the testing stays at the forefront. And COVID two this week, of course, um, the ballot bill, the most updated version, was just released late yesterday um, as part of the overall FDA package. DUFA package. And so that will go for markup and we'll start to see movement on that this week. And then I think there's going to be another important consideration for vaccines this week too, uh, for COVID. Right. Yeah. The expansion of the age groups. You want to talk about that a little, Bill? Yeah, it'll be very interesting. I think that uh, Pfizer is going to be submitting data to the Advisory Council on Immunization Practices for immunization of children less than five years and older, six months or older. So really, really much younger children. And Moderna also has some data in younger children, I think less than six. I'm not sure exactly the age bracket. So that will again be another very 
publicly debated topic about how good is the data, what's the necessity, all of those things. So it, it is going to be an, lots of stuff happening this week on the lab front. No shortage of topics. Exactly. I guess one of the other positive things that came out of this is the U.S. government has changed their restrictions on needing to get tested before yeah. coming back into the U.S. So that's a positive. That's right. Yeah. For those, that's the other thing I forgot to even mention was that last week it was announced that no longer will you be required to have a negative COVID test before traveling back into the United States from overseas by air. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, which I think was becoming more and more inconvenient because most countries, at least in Europe and many parts of the globe have dropped that requirement. So it'll be a little easier. I think just coming up here on summer travel and then people want to get back to traveling and everything else. And so it'll be a little bit easier and this will be, it'll just be kind of an interesting summer to watch as we move towards whatever the new normal looks like. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll keep everyone updated on monkeypox too. I'll just note that we're not currently accepting specimens here at Mayo Clinic Labs for monkeypox testing, but that hopefully will change soon when we have the test. And there will be more testing up around other parts of the U.S. as well. That's right. And I think don't be surprised for those of you out there that if when they, I think when as CDC continues to work on its recommendations, if there is um, kind of suggestion that if patients are being tested for outbreaks, you know, potentially STI-related infections, uh, that monkeypox be considered, and that's because of this unusual presentation. So, Absolutely. lots going on. Um, hey, more to come. More to come. Well, and so, as always, I'm sure we'll have something to talk about next week. Sounds good, Bill. Until then, talk to you right. soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.